0: said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Jesus breathed on him and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And this evening we're in the breath of God. So we ask the Lord to bless us with that spirit, to open our hearts and our minds, to listen to Sherry. We're thankful for Sherry being here this evening. Uh, We praise God by listening and by sharing story. And we continually ask God to bless us with that grace and that peace and that understanding that we are here for in Jesus' name. And the church says, Good evening, my name is Haley and these are my younger siblings Alex and Anna. Sherry is the speaker tonight and she is our mom. I am number two of four of Sherry's children. Alex is third in line and Anna is last. Sherry asked us if we could introduce her tonight so we thought we would each share a little bit of information about our mom with you. Sherry grew up Catholic and has lived in the Cedar Rapids Marion area her whole life. She just celebrated her 39th wedding anniversary to our dad, Kevin, on October 13th. She has three grandchildren. She has an extremely hard work ethic and a strong sense of home and family. She is also extremely particular and a meticulous person. That being said, I'm gonna turn it over to my sister, Anna, who is most like my mom. Hi, I'm Anna, Sherry's youngest and the most like my mom, although she will never admit that, ever. (laughs) I've coined the nickname for her, Cheryl, which she absolutely hates, but we all color that anyway. My mom and I have the same attitude towards a lot of things, like when we're right, we're right, and when we're wrong, we're still right. (laughs) My mom is also a neat freak, and I'm, well, a slob. (laughs) We used to get in many fights when I was living at home because my room was constantly a mess and I would leave my stuff all over the house. But in all seriousness, my mom is always there for me and is someone I can always count on. She has taught me many things like taking care of those in need and not to worry about what others think about me and to have faith. Hello, my name is Alex. and I am Sherry's third child and her only son. So I can safely say I'm her favorite son <laughs> but maybe during high school occasionally maybe her least favorite as well. My mom has always been, def- been there for me whether it's giving me advice on relationships and surprisingly my mom knows a lot about girls um, or if it supported me uh, when I was wrestling through first grade all the way through high school. There were times in high school when we didn't get along very well but looking back on it now my, mom's, my mom always had the best interests at heart, and I don't think any other mom could have handled myself or my two sisters. I am glad and proud to call Sherry my mother. My mom is a very passionate person. Her faith is an important part of her life, and she has made it a priority always. I would say she truly tries each day to put God first in all things she does. She is always the first one to volunteer when my siblings, or I, or anyone in my family needs help, and she always seems to be there and never says no. She is extremely selfless. As I said earlier, she is extremely meticulous and makes sure all her T's are crossed and her I's are dotted. She wanted the three of us to practice this introduction in front of her. We all responded with a no. I know it bothered her that she had no idea what we were going to say. So I hope you did. We did you proud, mom. Here is our mom and your speaker tonight, Sherry Sprigman.
1: Oh, good evening. Um. The title of this is A Quiet Walk with God. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the wind and the waves, he became afraid and began to sink. He shouted, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter. As they said before, I'm Sherry Springman. I've been a member of this church for um, quite a long time, probably 35, probably almost 40 years. I have two brothers and two sisters. As Haley said, I've been married for 39 years. I have the three children, and I have three grandchildren who all belong to Haley. Um, my walk with God has been filled with grace. The following is what I'm going to tell you is some of that walk. God's grace is with us always. We have enough for the moment. I don't get tomorrow's grace today. In 2 Corinthians 12:9 it says, "My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made in your weakness." The manifestation of God's grace, grace in my life are apparent in the people in my everyday life. I can't tell you how to live in grace. I can tell you only tell you about my walk. When I was 14 years old, the summer before high school, I made the conscious decision that I would follow Jesus and he would be the center of my life. How does this happen at 14 years old? Well, a lot had to do with my parents. A lot of you know my parents, John and Marlene Ramsey. They were very Christian people. They were active in the church. They worked on Cursillos and CEW. My father was a convert. He took his faith very seriously. So when it came to this decision, and it really, it was a natural progression for me of what I had grown up with. I had a great childhood childhood, along with my brothers and sisters. When I was in grade school on Friday nights, my mom would make a bowl of popcorn and we would play games. I remember playing Monopoly. My dad was a charter member of the Harley Club here in Cedar Rapids. And when he passed away, we had an 11 motorcycle um, escort to the cemetery, Harley-Davidson, some of the guys that he didn't even know, which I thought was great. (laughs) That's how much my dad's influence on other people were. Since they have both passed on, I have had people tell me stories of what great people they were. A couple of stories were related to me just three weeks ago of things that I never knew that my parents had done for others. I started high school, but I wasn't vocal about my decision to follow Christ. I was afraid of what people, my classmates would think, and I really wanted to be liked. I walked with God, but very, very silently. What happened to me the year before in eighth grade has had a profound effect on me and has for the rest of my life, even to this day. I have never told anyone what happened, not my parents. My siblings, my husband, nor my children. Even now I am reluctant to share because of what you might think. There were four of us girls who had been in hanging out for a couple of years and we were good friends. One day they decided they didn't want me to be a part of the group anymore. They talked to me, ab- they didn't, they talked about me and didn't include me in anything they had planned. I was devastated. I didn't know what I had done to have been treated this way, and I still don't to this day. It was a very painful time of my life. I felt lonely and not good enough. They dismissed me as insignificant. Eventually, I'm not really sure how long it's been so long ago, they started to include me again. And I'm not sure why that happened either. I don't know what changed. I forgave them and moved ahead mostly because I wanted friends. None of them went to the same high school the following year, which was probably a good thing. I went to Regis, one to Linmar, and two to Marion High School. To this day, I have the fear of being rejected by any group I happen to be a part of, whether it be my coworkers, people here at church, choir members, friends, even my own family. I expect someday someone is going to say, We don't want you to be a part of us anymore. This fear and pain has followed me to this day. Have you ever had those feelings? Have you ever been bullied or have you been the bully? Don't carry this with you like I did. Talk to someone. Share with someone, even in the act of reconciliation or a spiritual mentor. We talk a lot about grace, but do we really know what it means? Webster's Dictionary says grace is special favor, unmerited divine assistance. In the thesaurus, it says charity, charm, compassion, mercy, reprieve. Through the rest of my talk, I'm going to use these words a lot to describe a lot of my life experiences. God's grace is in everyday life. As my children said, they were two, three, and four of my um, four children. Our first child, Kathleen, died shortly after she was born. She would have been 33 this last March 5th. She was full term and five days late from my due date. The pregnancy was uneventful, and all of the doctor's appointments were routine. I was in labor for quite a long time, When she was born, she gave a little sigh, and the the nurses took her away from me. I couldn't hear everything that was going on, but I could hear a nurse counting off minutes. It has been five minutes, it has been 10 minutes, and so on. I did not know what the counting of the minutes meant at that time, but it meant that she wasn't breathing. Later, I learned that Kevin had his hands over my ears, so I could not hear everything that was going on. Kevin and I were in shock, not knowing what this meant for us. In the days following her death, God's grace was abundant. We had a funeral for her here at St. Ludmilla's. I was overwhelmed by the support from this church. I had only been a member for a short time. People I didn't know came to her funeral and introduced themselves to me. My friend from high school, Nancy, brought meals for us. My mom and sisters helped me out with the day-to-day things. They helped me write thank you notes. My husband's sisters took me out of the house to lunch or just to run errands with them. I was not alone much after Kevin went back to work. I joined the Empty Arms Support Group at St. Luke's. They were available to me even when it wasn't meeting times. God's grace, compassion. I got pregnant with Haley. I needed God's grace to get through this pregnancy. The last week of pregnancy, I had a meltdown, and I told Kevin, I couldn't do this, I'm sobbing. He said, he wasn't very comforting, he just looked at me and said, it's a little late for that. (laughs) Everything went fine, no complications. Haley is now married and has the three children of her own. What a blessing. Having grandchildren is way better than having your own. (laughs) Haley has always been a strong person and just takes care of what needs to be done. She was healthy, as was Alex. Alex was and still is my buddy. The girls always gravitated toward their dad, but I have a special bond with Alex. This is special favor. We were not going to have any more children after Alex. I had miscarried a baby between Alex and ha- Haley and Alex, and then again after Alex. I didn't think I could go through this emotional roller coaster anymore. Then along came Anna. I was three months shy of my fortieth birthday. Anna was a gift, a struggle, a blessing, and at times a barracuda in our lives. God shows his grace through her by being upfront and not holding back. She tells it like it is. That can be a slap in the face, but it is not mean-spirited. We lovingly refer to it as snarky whiplash. She won't let me grow old, and I am nothing like her. (laughs) We had a struggle with Alex when he was in middle school. He was bullied. The joys of eighth grade. I felt his pain along with my past eighth grade experience. I cried for him, and Haley took care of it. Although we had been to the school numerous times, nothing seemed to change. We would get one kid to stop and another would start. One afternoon, Haley picked up Alex from school and she could tell that he was physically hurt. He wouldn't tell her at first what happened because there was always the fear of retaliation. He finally told her that someone had picked him up and threw him into the lunch tables. She turned the car around and went back to school, walked into the principal's office and asked, What are you going to do about this? What grace she showed to her brother that day and to honor her parents by standing up for her brother. My husband, Kevin, he's had cancer. Unmerited, divine assistance, charity, and charm. Kevin had not been feeling well in January of 2015. It took a doctor that wouldn't give up three MRIs, and a couple of CAT scans to find out what was wrong. The last Thursday in July of 2015, we were at the doctor's office and he said that he had tumors in his bladder. He would operate on Friday morning or that Thursday evening if Friday morning wasn't available. I sensed the urgency of having the surgery done right away. This was frightening. I went to scripture study that Thursday afternoon. At the end of our study time, I asked for prayers from the group and told them about the surgery the next day. Jim Berger asked if I wanted him to come to the hospital with me during the surgery. I said yes. The doctors told me that when the tumors were removed, they would be biopsied, and it would take about a week to get the results. When the doctor came out of surgery to talk to me, he told me that just looking at the tumors, he was sure it was cancer. He asked if I had questions. I looked at Jim and I knowing that his son Steve was facing much worse than our diagnosis, I said, "What do I ask?" I mean, it was all new. It, I didn't have any idea where to go with. Jim was God's grace in action that day. He prayed with Kevin before the surgery and with me after. Jim made a palm cross that Kevin took to surgery with him. That cross has been by his bedside since. I had to tell our children about the outcome, and then Kevin's mom. She didn't even know that he had had surgery, which is the way Kevin wanted it. God's grace was upon me when I told her. She started to cry. At that moment, the grace I needed was there to com- the grace I needed was there to comfort her. After four surgeries, a six-week treatment in two years. On December 30th, 2017, he was a year cancer-free. When going through this two years, in our scripture study group, we studied the story of the fishes and the loaves, and how God fed 5,000 with only two fish and five loaves of bread. This is my take on this. I think God did not multiply the food by waving his magic wand, but he used the generous act of this little boy to move the crowd. They in turn were generous and gracious to their fellow travelers and shared what they had brought along with them. It then led to an abundance of food. Everyone had enough with food to spare. The miracle was how Jesus used this to open not only their picnic baskets, but their hearts. How are we opening our hearts to those around us? During this time, God's grace was evident through many different people. Like the little boy sharing his lunch, each person gave what they could. The church, this church, praying for Kevin, Jim and my brother Bob, sitting with me at the hospital during surgeries. The people after mass asking how he was doing. I received a book from Joni Davis, who is a member of this church, called Treasures in the Darkness. Kevin's family cooking meals, the children going to the grocery store, Alex feeding the cats, and coming over to take the garbage out on Fridays. Our daughter Haley and son Alex helped run Kevin's business in his absence. Each one of these a small thing. No one person supplied our every need, but in the end it was everything that we needed. Have you ever thought about how to be God's grace to someone else? How do we serve God? What are some of the ways? I don't think anymore that I can only do this much and it might not be enough. I do what I can and know that it will be enough in the end. Whatsoever you do to the least of these, you have done for me. On Friday, April 21st, 2017, the Friday after Easter, I was getting ready for work. I was listening to KNWS, the Christian radio station out of Waterloo, as I do every morning. A song came on, sung by Hillary Scott. The name of the song is Thy Will. When I heard the song, I started to cry, and then it became sobbing. I didn't know why this song moved me at this moment. It was probably 4.30 in the morning. I had heard this song many times before this day, but I had never reacted to it this way. When the song was finished, I stopped crying and finished getting ready for work. I didn't think anything more about it. At noon, I received a call from Summit Point Senior Housing in Marion. This is where my mother lived. She had had a stroke and was on her way to the hospital. It was by God's grace that I didn't get picked up for speeding down C Street on my way to the hospital. When I got to the hospital, she knew who I was, but she was scared and couldn't move much. The doctor showed me a picture of the MRI that she had taken and she was bleeding in her brain. About two weeks earlier on Palm Sunday, or Palm Sunday weekend, she'd had another small stroke and they found three pinpoints of brain bleed. My brother Bob and I were told they could do surgery. We asked what her quality of life would be after the surgery. She was 85 years old. They told us she would be alive, but they couldn't guarantee much more than that. We decided not to do the surgery. When shown the current scan of her brain, the blood was crowding out her brain. They said they could still do surgery. The alternative was hospice. Bob and I chose hospice. I knew that she would just not want to be alive without some quality of life. This was a hard decision to make, I was her medical power of attorney. She was at the hospice house in Hiawatha by 2 o'clock that afternoon. I had to make phone calls. The grace was unmerited divine compassion. My two brothers had made it to the hospital before she was moved. My sister was coming from North Liberty and the other from Arizona. She passed on Saturday evening at 11 PM about 36 hours after her stroke. Grace was compassion and mercy. My father had passed away in May of 2012. My mother missed him terribly. For five years, she grieved for him. She talked about him all the time and was waiting for him to come and get her. When she died, this was God's grace reprieve. God's grace kept me strong for everyone who came through her room in that 36 hours. Some of that grace came in the form of my friend Nancy from high school during the funeral and at the, at the time of my house where everyone gathered. Again, Nancy brought food along with a whole bunch of other people. I am not sure she even knows what she did for us that day. At times, she just stood next to me. No words, just her presence. She offered to take my aunt and uncle, my mom's brother and sister, home that day. She was God's grace. God gave me this unmerited divine assistance when Thy Will song came. The song was played that morning of her stroke. I didn't even realize what had taken place that morning until several weeks later. I was able to grieve before I even knew what I was grieving. I was able to function for the next week and this past year to take care of everything I needed to do. I was also her legal power of attorney. When I told my daughter Haley that I would be sharing this, we talked about what grace meant. And as we talked, we came up with the words, gracious and graceful. Gracious is when we are accommodating to others. I host Thanksgiving each year at my house. I would like to think that I am gracious to my guests by opening my home and my friends to my family and friends. I try to anticipate their needs and wants to have a special Thanksgiving. God is gracious to us by knowing our wants and our needs before we even ask. When Haley and I talked about the word graceful, the first thing that came to her mind was that of a dancer being graceful and that being graceful was like a fluid movement. So to be fluid, we must receive grace from God, and then in turn, that grace must flow to others. I found that God's grace most of the time comes from other people, and we have the capacity to be God's grace to someone else at any given time. The the word graceful should be two words, graceful. Can we let the guy with three items go ahead of us in the line at the grocery store when we have enough for an army? Can we take a meal to someone in need? Does someone need a ride to church? I shared some of this with the St. Ludmilla's parishioners between the masses on Palm Sunday here this past year. It is very evident that during Holy Week of of the grace of God, the, the grace that God gave to Jesus and all that he needed to do. He was still, still healing the servant's ear while he was being arrested and talking with a thief on the cross, assuring him that he would be with him in paradise that day. Then came 2018. God's grace equals strength. I had worked at Transamerica for over 20 years. In January, it was announced that 2,000 employees, 900 of them being in Cedar Rapids, would be transitioning to a new company. We would be doing the same work with the same team, but for the company TCS. Our last day at Transamerica would be Friday, April 13th, 2018. I'm not real excited about change, and this change would change my life a great deal. I started with TCS on Monday, April 16th, 2018. On Tuesday, April 17th, Kevin and I were in a car accident. A car made a left turn in front of me. She thought my light was red. I totaled my car. Kevin and I were taken to the hospital by ambulance. I was driving, so I hit the steering wheel and the airbag pushed me back into the seat. My seatbelt made a cut on my stomach. I had a bruise for a long time. The MRI showed that my insides were beat up, but neither of us were seriously hurt. Since then, I am more anxious about everything. The fear of rejection has reared its ugly head again. I never understood people who had depression, but I do now. I'm quite an old lady driver, just ask my husband. I will take a ride anytime if it means I don't have to drive. My life has been a quiet walk with God, but I can see he is calling me to deeper things. His grace has kept me. I was only willing to get my feet wet and not to get out of the boat, for fear I would sink. And what would people think? In closing, we are not a reservoir, but channels of God's grace. It is by God's grace I am standing in front of you. I am not a public speaker, nor a writer, which I want to thank the CEO Committee for helping me organize my thoughts into what it is tonight. I am an ordinary person, I go to work every day, dust and pick up after people, I grocery shop, pay bills, I don't have a hotline to God, but I do have ears to listen. I hope my faith journey will help encourage you on your journey. You can see by my walk that it was filled with God's grace. I encourage you to reach out to God. God's grace, as I stated, comes from people, but where else? Many forms. Our own mass here is to, to armor us, any church service. To come, you come and you get your armor for the week. Our relationships, our families, coworkers, people we don't even know. Jesus was silent for 30 years, except when he was 12 years old teaching in the temple. God was getting him ready for what he needed to do. I've been silent for 50 years. Tonight, I stepped out of the boat. Come and join me walking on the water. Are you willing to step out of the boat with me? And now, um, the song that meant so much to me when my my mother had her stroke, um, I'd like to play that song for you now. Thank you.